looking good. Almost done. And there. Done. <gasps> what have you done? I painted the truth. I painted my truth. <laughs> Charlemagne like isn't in control over that. I would. I, he made. It's embarrassing that he would call himself Charlemagne the God, the God, and then he like allows somebody to talk like that on his own show. That right there has always wondered, befuddled me why he would use that use that term, um, the God. So Charlemagne cucked to Biden, majorly, majorly cucked to Biden, and you would have thought that like, okay, the election's over. After the election. He should have came out and he should have been like, you know what? That was fucked up with Joe Biden says, Joe, you owe an apology to black America. And I didn't see that. I've been on Cube since he was 15 years old. Never gangbang. Never was the, never was the person that he appeared to, that he portrayed on records. Good guy, good kid, good family man. Been married 20 some years plus three or four kids. Same woman, no baby mamas, none, none of that stuff right there. But when it comes to handling his business, he's probably one of the biggest gangsters I've ever known. Um, not saying when somebody else, somebody does with their body is 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 my business. And it shouldn't be. That's my but personal business. But the truth is, is that Planned Parenthood is a holocaust to the black community. Twenty it's million true. black babies alone. He's just standing there menacingly. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of your favorite show at InfoWarsBand.video, The Adam King Show. I am your host, Adam King, and we are at a milestone episode, episode number 50, and we don't stop for anybody. We just keep going, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to continue. We're going to put on another 50 episodes, but I just realized that this is the 50th episode coming off of Emmy Robbins, coming off of Matt Baker. We've had nothing but success on this show, and it is truly, truly an honor to show up here every single day and broadcast the show, share my opinions and my thoughts and my beliefs with all of you day after day after day. So in our first year, we accomplished 50 shows. We're going to finish 52 by the end of the year, which is August 15th. We got coming up next week. We got all sorts of great guests, great things. It's really, really, really special and a blessing to be here with you guys week after week. So moving forward into this week's episode, we will touch on politics like we always do, but it's important for the movement of righteousness that we win the culture war. The culture war is probably the most significant thing in changing the hearts and minds of men and women around this country. And in order to do that, we have to be able to reach culture at the source of culture. And that's what we're doing for you today. Today we got a great guest, one of the the originators of modern hip hop. This guy is a legend in his own right. From Ice Cube to Dr. Dre to Easy E. I mean, this guy was there for the beginning of everything. We're gonna let him tell his story. We got a lot of questions to ask. And without further ado, I want to bring on our guest Alonzo Williams to uh win the culture war with us today. Alonzo, welcome to the Adam King show. Oh, whoops, we got to go ahead. Thanks for having me. We good? Yeah. 
It's my pleasure. You know, at InfoWars, we focus so much of our attention on the information war that at times we forget that how just how important the culture war is also when it comes to information, that real cultural movers and shakers change the hearts and minds of men. You know, the stuff that Ice Cube is doing right now is waking up hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people. And that's what happens when cultural icons step in to the conversation regarding all sorts of different topics that are important to our society. So I want to thank you for coming on the show today. And uh, before we get into all the topics of the world, I want to talk about your background a little bit and who you are for our viewer audience. I'm sure they do not know who you are. We don't have like such a, a rap audience. It's more like a... a country music, ultra right-wing Christian conservative audience. Uh, but, you know, as far as the culture war is concerned, you're one of the original pillars of rap music. I mean, from the very beginning. Um, you want to give a little bit of background about where you come from and how you got started and uh, what went down with you and Eazy and the gang and the whole the crew? And we'll start well, from there. Let's start from the beginning. My name is Alonzo, Alonzo Williams, a.k.a. Alonzo, the godfather of West Coast hip-hop. I uh, born and raised in Compton. My, uh, my entertainment roots came from Compton. I'm a product of, of, of community entertainment. What I mean by that is we had a lot of dances and parties that was coming up. And uh, as time progressed, some of those things went away. And I was always taught, when you, when you see a void, fill it. My dad taught me that. If you find a, a void, find what people need and fill that void, and you'll always be able to make money. So shortly after that, I started giving, me and some of my partners started giving parties around the city. And at the age of 22 years old, I was able to acquire my own nightclub uh, called Eve After Dark. Some of y'all may have seen it in the 2022 Super Bowl with Dr. Dre still on. Uh, Dr. Dre and Snoop had right. the big uh, hip-hop event for the uh, Super Bowl. My club was 50 yards center stage of the Super Bowl. Right. And, I uh, saw I saw your whole video on that on your website, yeah. and, like, you didn't even get credit for that. No, nah, you know what? Um, I don't get credit for a lot of things I've done, Doc. I, so I find that amazing. Uh, but, again, because I was always taught, you ain't got to give me the whole steak. Just give me a piece of meat. I'll make, I'll make some meat out of it. Yeah. So that's what I did with Straight Outta Compton. I wrote a book called NWA, and I was on Alonzo. On Amazon, I plug myself on my website, uh, LonzoWilliams.com. Um, I, uh, when Dre them did the, did the same thing with the Super Bowl. I turned it into a documentary. I turned the mm -hmm. whole project into a documentary. The documentary is currently being screened in the Hip Hop Film Festival of New York, uh, screened here in L.A. Uh, the Pan African Film Festival. We just got accepted to another film festival in Rome. Congratulations! And doing another one in September. So. Um, I come right. from the James Brown era, man. You ain't got to give me the, you ain't got to open the door. Just give me, uh, this book. You ain't got to give me nothing. Just open the door. I get it myself. So I that's, love it. that's the philosophy all my life. So, um, it's in, and because I'm not a rapper per se, I have rapped on records. That's not my forte. My forte is platforms. I provide platforms for other artists to mm -hmm. shine and, um, be having Eve after dark and do those and skate land and, Various venues, uh, world uh, crew cut records, West Coast record distributors, all these different platforms played a role in various artists getting a chance to be seen by the public. And these guys still are thriving today. A lot of them from just from, from some of my efforts. So, but most of them don't give me no credit for that. 
So who are these names that you brought about? I mean, you literally you created some of the biggest names in in hip hop today. Uh, let's uh, go over these names, and I'd I'd love to hear. I know Easy E. I know you made Easy E. I know Ice Cube. These are all people that are centrifugal in your world that got their start at your spot. Who who else took their 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 credentials at your spot? Compton's most wanted. CMW. Aiden Chill, Mike T, uh, Afro Man. Afro Man was another one. People, um, people don't even know. Most people don't even know. Afro Man was rocking my talent shows, and I was I left Eve after dark. Had a little venue over in over in L.A., and he would come out there with the guitar. He only had four strings on a six string guitar. He was wearing the Afro wig, but he was talking about Afro Man. He was he was preparing to he was preparing that character before he got any money. Mm-hmm. And we had a lot of conversations, and Afro Man was able to get lucky enough for somebody to buy, I think, half the publishing for his song. Mm-hmm. I get high, and that changed his life forever. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, of course, Dr. Dre, Michelle, uh, there's just a, just a few folks, man. A lot of people have weren't, weren't as big as Dre and Cube, but I realized that by giving uh, youngsters an opportunity to pursue their goals. At some point in time, they may get it. I, the same for me. I'm going to go do something else. But what happens is they get off the streets. They find something else to do. They find something they love. And then once life kicks in for most of them, they're going to find them a good job. They still may dabble in it and it becomes a side, a side hustle or a hobby. But it's something, it's something that takes their mind off of the activities of the streets. Hmm. Right. And names like Dre and Cube, these are like the biggest names in hip hop. Yes, sir. So they don't get any bigger. It doesn't get any bigger than that. You, you know, we really would like Cube on the network. I know Cube is on his uh, Cube is on his broadcasting tour, and he just did Tucker Carlson. And you know, I I love seeing people wake up on the right and. And Cube, what a leader this guy is that he turned down $9 million to not take the death shot vaccine. And now he's going around speaking about it, being the leader for all of us that he is. Uh, you know, I love it when, when these cultural icons step up and assume responsibility in the public for all of us. You know, so um, I think Cube is the biggest. We had Kanye West on our show on the mainstream with Alex and for all the controversy it was that episode was live streamed for three hours by 70 million people on the internet. It was the, it was the largest internet broadcast in the history of the internet. Um, and it was over just like stupid stuff, man. It was just stupid shit. The whole conversation, all Kanye wanted to do was diss Jewish people and, and act like a fool and wear a mask and act like an idiot. You know, I think someone like Ice Cube would be amazing on our network. It, you know, to have that platform, to have that voice. Everybody in our network sees what Cube is doing and we respect it tremendously. And and and, uh, and it's a shame that more people aren't doing that. I hope that Cube sets an example for other people in the movement and other, other artists to get out there and speak their mind and be uh, unafraid of... of of this evil, whatever conglomerate of evil that is trying to oppress us, to oppress us all, and how do, what? How does that make you feel? What Cube is up to? Like, do you fo- are you following his uh, 
his tour? You know, I, I understand Cube. Um, I, I totally understand Cube. Cube has Cube has put himself in a position. Now, well, let me back up. Let me back up. I've been on Cube since he was 15 years old. Never gangbang. Never was the never was the person that he appeared to, that he portrayed on records. Good guy, good kid, good family man. Been married 20 some years plus, three or four kids, same woman, no baby mamas, no none of that stuff right there. Mm. But when it comes to handling his business, he's probably one of the biggest gangsters I've ever known. Mm. And people always want to assume that you got to be somebody that's willing to kill and shoot and rob to be a gangster. No, 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 no. Cube walked away from NWA at the peak of the group success. He walked away from it, took his chance on himself, took over, became one of the hottest artists as a solo artist. As he say, drop, drop full fools and making all the dough. Then was uh, introduced to the moving industry. Mm-hmm. He did Boys in the Hood. Next thing you know, he's doing barbershop. Right. Uh, barbershop, are we there? Friday. Are we Friday, are we there yet? Uh, whatever the case, the man got multiple movies and three franchises. Mm-hmm. Okay? He has three three franchises of different uh, movies that he's personally involved in. He has a stake in these in, a stake in these various franchises. And then he says, yeah, what am I going to do now? Okay, I'm going to try sports. That's another form of entertainment. He took what the NBA discarded. These guys can't run 48 minutes like they used to. They can't jump as high as they used to, but they can pay three on three, half court. He took um, older players, gave them a platform, and during the offseason when the NBA, because after the the, uh, NBA finals, it's like, it's like, oh, it's like sex is over with. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't what we going to do now. Oh, now what's next until November? Well, he gave you WNBA, not going to cut it. I'm sorry. I like, I've been to the games. It's not the same. Bro, so I cannot deal with, I love the memes on the WNBA. It's like, name one WNBA star. Nobody knows who's in the day. Okay. Uh, I've gotten free tickets. I've taken people down there, and it's it's cool. It's a nice outing for your daughter, and you know for for, for the folks when it's free. But I can't buy a ticket. I can't do that. I nobody gonna slam dunk. Ain't gonna be no excitement. It's real basic basketball. I know it's like it's, a high school basketball game. Right. It's real basic. The score has been what like sixty something, eighty something. Nobody yeah. crack, crack very something. They crack a hundred to, to my knowledge. Anyway, yeah, exactly. he took something that was discarded by the NBA. Guys who've been in shape all their adult lives, and a lot of them stayed in shape. Some of them, some of them were not like Charles Barkley. They got they got up, but most of them stayed in shape, and they can play three on three. And this that's is that's not this, the Champions League, is it? The uh, the three on three league? No, I don't no. What? Yeah. What you mean? What do you, do you know about Champions League? Never heard of. Them. It's like for like the old, old, retired, like 60-year-old players and stuff like that. I have a buddy who's been on a couple of the episodes, David Blue, who is a pro pro basketball player, and he's played a couple games with the Champions League. And it's just like the Kembe Mutombo, people like that, like old school names that are like no longer in the league. But they they show up and they play and, you know, uh, Wilt Chamberlain, those guys, they they show up and play. What was the name of his three-on-three? It's called three on. It's called. Uh, it's called, called three, on three. three on three. Yeah, 
And uh, here's a player maybe out of the league, maybe a year, two years, three years, something like that. Gary Payton, yeah. guys like that, but we haven't been out of the league five Gary years. Payton, so uh, God, guys who had names and just, you yeah. know, once, once you're off the NBA, out of the NBA, you're pretty much anonymous after to, to the general public. So he, he gives them another, another, uh, chance to shine. And, you know, these guys probably still play in the gym anyway. Okay. They, they're not going to just walk away from the game. That's probably their form of exercise. Some people play golf. Some people keep playing basketball if your knees and your ankles allow you to. So. He takes these guys, put them in a uniform, put them in arenas. And I, I went to the, I went to his first few seasons, and it was a little slow in the beginning. But now it's, it's starting to fill up. And even with that right there, there's somebody who don't like that because they don't control that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Cube is an outspoken person. He lets it be known, hey man, people, they, my sponsors, my viewership, they, they're afraid of it because he took something that nobody else thought about and made something out of it. That's gangster, man. That's gangster to me. When you could take something that no, something that's mighty trash, and okay, not, not trash in a, in a in a metaphorical way, and turn it into treasure, all of a sudden now it's a threat. Come on, man! There wasn't no threat mm-hmm. low. They were sitting around playing golf. Now they're a threat. Right. And I think I think he 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 owes it to us to speak about it because it's not something. It, it won't be the first time, and it damn sure won't be the last. And he has actually spoken about it. Cube made the with Trump. He made the contract for Black America. I don't know what happened with that, but I think it was really a big failure of President Trump not to bring Cube into the White House the way that he brought, for instance, Kanye West or other losers like Kanye. You know, Cube had like a real plan. He he really had a, a vision and a goal politically. And, you know, I, someone with his success, the way that he's got so everything he touched turned to gold. I think Cube should get into politics, man. I think he's brilliant. Well, you know, uh, a lot of people were mad at Cube because of his timing. And mm. that's the only problem I think he really had during the last election is that he came in like maybe a month before the election or something like that, making his, making his, uh, his request. And he sent, uh, according to what I heard, he sent a request to meet with Biden's, uh, Biden and Kamala Harris's uh, t- uh, team and Trump's team, and Trump's team was the only one that responded. So if he had the conversation, and I don't even think the conversation was that deep, but somebody from that team responded. And right. but again, because everybody was so anti-Trump, they had not an anti-Cube. And that's something I never understood, man. I don't understand how you can get mad at somebody for expressing yourself. Um, because at that time, Trump was the president. Now, whether he got elected again, that was yet to be seen, but at that time. He was the president. So. And it was ridiculous, too, because you have Biden going up on Charlemagne. And I lost so much respect for Charlemagne over this. I actually used to really enjoy watching Charlemagne. But Charlemagne com- comes out and he's just like, and Biden's like, if you don't vote for me, you're not black. He got zero pushback from Charlemagne on that. That was like, how could you say if if the conversation is one guy's a racist and the other guy is a Democrat and you got to support this Democrat guy who can't even put a sentence together because the other guy is so racist, how do you give a free pass? How does Charlemagne give a free pass to Biden over that comment? That blows my mind. I'd love your take on that. All I can say is he want to keep his job. That's all. <laughs> Charlemagne like isn't in control over that? I would. I, he may... It's embarrassing that he would call himself Charlemagne the God, the God, and then he like allows somebody to talk like that on his own show. 
that right there has always wondered befuddled me why he would use that use that term um the god but um i read his book and he has he has some issues back in the day um but when you talk about the president coming on your on the president and it wasn't the president at the time he wasn't president he was a candidate and charlemagne could have sunk that ship yeah and charlemagne's ship made it got sunk too it did Uh, get sunk charlemagne ruined his own career over the biden thing you think so Look, I'm not black. I'm not black, but I can't imagine what the black community when he, they saw that. And this was a guy who self-proclaimed leader who calls himself the God, Charlemagne the God. It's just ridiculous. He had enough Wait. gall to push back on Kamala Harris when Kamala Harris went to the studio. But I mean, how dishonest could you be? The guy literally said, "If you if you ain't vote for me, you ain't black." It's like what? I remember that. I remember seeing that very, on multiple platforms. Like if uh, if he came on my show, I'm Jewish. If he said, if you don't vote for me, you're not Jewish. I'd tell him to go fuck off. Okay. <laughs> you have that right. Who who controls Charlemagne's pay that he was so afraid to lose his job over that? I mean, you know, Charlemagne, he, he, he is in a, uh, his, his platform is pretty large. It's not his, his platform is not owned by him. It's owned by somebody else. Mm-hmm. And at some point in time, I guess when you have a boss, you got to adhere to the right. to the uh, to the messages of the boss. So you don't want to get caught up uh, upsetting right. potential president uh, by calling him on the carpet about something that was kind of foul. That was very foul. Very. But foul. Uh, uh, who is Charlemagne? You know, if if um, if. Al Sharpton or man, I can't even give it to Al. Somebody with some more, a uh, little more political cretins. <sighs> ah, shit. See, I, I, I like Charlemagne's show. I, I don't watch it that much. I have watched it. I don't watch it that much. Um, you know I've what a cuck it. is? Huh? You know what a cuck is? No. A cuck is, <laughs> the de- technical definition is somebody who, Let's another man sleep with their wife while they watch them sleeping with their wife. But it's oh. used colloquially for like whenever a person like cucks to another person, it's like he's he's just like putting himself under that person for no reason. He's becoming he's lessening his own light for a lesser light at just to just to cuck somebody, just to put them on a pedestal for no no earned or deserved reason. So Charlemagne cucked to Biden, majorly, majorly cucked to Biden. And you would have thought that like, okay, the election's over. After the election, he should have came out and he should have been like, you know what? That was fucked up what Joe Biden says. Joe, you owe an apology to black America. And I didn't see that. Maybe it was censored and everything, but Charlemagne doesn't really seem to care so much about what was done on his show. And and when, when the whole election was basically one guy's a racist and the other guy's here to save us from racism, and he goes on Charlemagne the God and he says, if you don't vote for me, you're not black. I mean, God, Lonzo. Yeah. Uh, you don't got to be a rocket scientist to figure that one out. Yeah, Doc. It's, um, it was definitely a what the WTF moment Yeah. Uh, on his show. I, I, you know, I, I'm going to respect your show. 
Um, I'm not going to use the exact ter terminology, but you know what I'm saying. It was definitely a what a WTF moment for everybody. And um, hey, man, what can I tell you, Doc? What can I tell you? When you in a certain certain arenas, man, you you get kind of stifled. I mean, come on, let's keep it 100. When you get to a certain level, you can't say what you want to say. Not what's, not, not no more. What's not that no Jewish more. guy's name that like is such a big agent? Uh, Cohen. Lyle Cohen, what's his name? Cohen. He had him on his show, and he's like sitting there beating him up, beating him up. Lior Cohen. Yeah. Lior Cohen. So right. Charlemagne had Lior Cohen on his show like a few months ago, and I watched the clips. They were sitting there beating him up, like, like oh, this, that, and the other thing, like taking shots at him, like, like they're such tough guys. And it's like, Lior ain't gonna be the president. Lior runs with YouTube. That's what I'm saying. Like, okay, Lonzo, let me ask you. Go like, for it. Do you want, if somebody said that to your face, would you want that guy to go off and use your credibility to help become president? That interview with Charlemagne helped Biden become president, without a doubt. That interview hurt Biden a lot, but... And any of you bit Biden in the butt quite a bit. Also. Biden bit his own butt. The fact that Charlemagne said nothing helped Biden. If Charlemagne said something, he could have taken Biden out of the race. He could have changed the entire because the black vote in America controls America. Let's be honest. The, the black vote is 92 percent Democrat. If right. the 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 way the places in which the black community lives, if one to two percent of that population doesn't show out for Democrats, the election goes to Republicans. There's no greater community for the to predict election flow than the black community. Trump did better in the black community in 2020 than he did in 2016. And I'm not getting into the whole voter fraud thing. We don't even got to go down that path. But the importance of the black community in elections, you know, like someone like Charlemagne, he should have been more like emboldened like you need us more than we need you type of a thing mm, let me think about that for a second you know what i'm saying it's uh, not the it's not the majority of the country the black community but it's such an integral part that a few votes here and there could really decide the outcome of the election and the issues to the black community are so specific to the black community you feel me the fact that biden even went over charlemagne's the god charlemagne the god's show showed Biden and uh, America that he needed that black vote. What he said um, was very cocky, disrespectful, but because mm, he, I've, I've seen, I've seen Biden speak as a senator, and he says some things as a senator that uh, yeah. definitely you uh, like what? Even um, before you, he used the N word, bro. He used yeah. the N word. In a Senate hearing as a senator. Now, here we go. We got one small problem. Okay. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. Okay. All right. It's going to be interesting. I'm going to say this because me and my fellas talk about this all the time. We got, I, I got some pretty politically astute partners I roll with. And for the most part, on a lot of subject matter that the right supports a lot of black folks support too. Right. We're, most of us not that too into the trans thing, you know, do your thing, but leave me alone type situation. Right. Okay. Exactly. Um, 
and there's a few other issues that um, we support that, you know, the, 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 the abortion situation, I'm not saying I support it. I've, I've had to sponsor a couple of them in my time because if not, I'd have a lot more kids than I have right now. Um, not saying when somebody else, somebody does with their body is, is, is my business and it shouldn't be. That's my but personal the, But the truth is, is that Planned Parenthood is a holocaust to the black community. 20 it's million true. black babies alone. This and, is very true. And um, um, the entire movement of eugenics, uh, which started the Planned Parenthood movement, that was targeted to the black community. Abortion was first targeted to the black community before it was available for everybody else. They make sure that there's an abortion center. They don't put Starbucks in the hood, but there's abortion clinics in the hood. Right. And they also, uh, the prison industrial complex is also uh, geared toward the black community and, a, and black and brown community. So when you have somebody telling you, you can't, you, I can't get education. I, my, my job is my job situation is already screwed up. I'll give the mother uh, welfare, but we can't have a dad in the house, which means the kids won't have that that parenting uh, nucleus necessary to hopefully keep them on the on the straight and narrow. And you see that most most of the uh, men in prison are from single family homes, from right. uh, single mother homes. Now, but you also have an agenda that says we have we have deals with various states that keep that we have to maintain a certain level of occupancy to keep these prisons in the state. So when you look at all these different factors, everybody got a hidden everybody has a hidden agenda right. for what they want to do. So I mean, I'm from the I'm from the I'm from the community. When I'm from the hood, been born and raised. When I was a kid, every house on my block had a mother and father in it. Every mm -hmm. house. There was a everybody grew up on my block had a mother and father. I sold that house in 1984 I, to a friend of mine, which means I go by there on a regular basis. Them same houses that had mothers and fathers in them when I grew up, everybody's a single single mother home now. That's so and sad. Our neighborhood is 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 changed dramatically when it comes to gang activity. Okay, even we 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 had a little gang activity back in the day, but. It was gang activity with respect. It made a big difference. You would not do certain things around people's moms, around people's parents, because dad would come out and kick your butt. Your, the, mamas, the mamas ran the neighborhood. Pops was the backup. Yeah. So when you take the men out of the community, you got young pups running around with no guidance whatsoever. They have no idea how to be a man, no idea how to, how to conduct themselves. Um, they, they operate off of emotions. They get upset. They can't take a, they can't take a butt whooping. Cause they never learn how to fight, and but they didn't learn how to shoot. So now, and when you when you when you put a weapon in their hands, it elevates everything. So it makes right. them much more um, susceptible to find themselves locked up in jail. I've, I I got a young man in my family, uh, a distant member of my family right now. Uh, I, I hate to tell you, but I know it's no matter of time before he gets locked up or killed. He's been shot already. God forbid. May, maybe there could be some divine intervention, and God can God can. Pull him out of the trenches of darkness and hell. I don't know. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, you, you, but what you it. say is actually true. You know, in 2014, I ran for Congress. And um, I at the time, I was living in Beverly Wood, which was redistricted in, in 2013. It was a part of the Beverly Hills District 33 in California. It was redistricted at 37, and I ran against Karen Bass. And I spent every single day of my campaign in Lamert Park, every day of my campaign. 
And uh, I got close with Tony Muhammad and Riza Islam and all sorts of different people in the community. And I saw it firsthand. I actually, the one of my first, the, actually I met Tony on the Crips and Bloods Ride for Peace through uh, through Lamert Park. I don't know if you're familiar with that event that takes place. Yeah, the only political person that showed up they, on the on the event list was Eric Garcetti, Karen Bass, uh, uh, what's her name, the fake uh, uh, congresswoman who sold everybody out, Maxine Waters. Everybody was on the list scheduled to show up. The only person that showed up is this yarmulke wearing Jew who like comes from the Jewish neighborhood. And I'm there because it's important stuff, man. This is important stuff. And if I was going to be the congressman, I needed to take care of everybody in the district. But I have a lot of experience in those neighborhoods. And I know a lot of really, really great people like Tony and uh, and his lovely wife. And um, uh, it, it is. It's this, it, I, I, The reason I bring up Tony in this story is because he made that movie. Uh, I'm sure you've seen the Crips in the Blood Saga of Sadness where... No. It basically it starts with the buying up, you know, there used to be these like really unique car clubs in the inner cities and they were like intentionally this burgeoning middle class that was going into the upper middle class and there was so much black progress in LA and they literally took all the auto jobs and shipped them out and that created this massive vacuum that still hasn't been filled to this day. You know, and all these families, there was so many good families inside of the black community. And like you said, you know, mothers and fathers still married to this day, now old and married. And and, and it's like this systematic crumbling of the black community from powers way up on high. But his movie, the Crips and Bloods movie, it really details how the situation got so bad inside of in Compton, in Lamert Park, in in Linwood, in all those areas. And um, look, man, it's real. What you're you saying know, is very real. When I grew up, I went to school in Compton. I graduated high school in '75, so all my um, junior high school, junior high and elementary school. Um, was in Compton. By the time I got to high, by the time I got to junior high school, I could weld, I could use power tools. I was I was I knew how to be a printer, a, a printing apprentice. Um, and by the time I got to high school, all those classes were no longer available. I huh. thank God. I think I'm thankful that they were available to me in junior high school before they restructured all the school situation. They got so OSHA got involved. It got so uh, logistic. I was was on the kind of logistic, but uh, litigious, fearing that we can cut our fingers off. We never, nobody ever cut a finger off that I know of in school. Um, right. And nobody, nobody. I mean, we were using blow torches with, with right. the spark gizmos. Okay, we had to turn turn the acetylene and the, and the oxygen mix it a certain way. And we sitting there with big thick gloves on, learning right. how to weld beads the whole nine yards in the ninth grade. When I got to high school. They didn't have that no more. We had auto right. shop. We had one car and about three wrenches. That was it. Yeah. Nobody auto shop. We read about. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Here, here, I, I, got, I forgot about something. In auto shop at Centennial in Compton, we read about working on cars. Huh. And 
in the 12th, 11th grade, I had an issue with some gangbangers. I left and went to Gardena High School. When I got to Gardena High School, which is an LA Unified School District, not the Compton Unified School District, I had auto shop. I auto shop. We actually had a vehicle to work on. We had plenty of tools. We had plenty of parts. We had multiple engine blocks to change spark plugs, to uh, remove carburetors. We learned, we actually had a, multiple vehicles to actually work on at school, which made a big difference in my automotive skills. All I'm saying is that changing that, changing districts, I saw the difference in how things were done. When I went to God, Centennial back then, you couldn't go to the bathroom because half the time there was no water on. If the water fountain, most of the time it didn't work. It was always dust, okay, or had mildew around it. Gardena High School, all the water fountains work. You can go to the bathroom when you need to. Uh, it was it was just totally different, and th- I, I, I'm thankful that I w- I was able to do that, so I can see both sides. And being from uh, that that generation, that um, I'm a baby boomer, so everything had not had not changed. I've I've been around long enough to see all the different um, ev- the different evolutions of our community. Again, Compton, it was, I, I, I used to walk from my house, catch the bus up the street, take the bus to my girlfriend's house. The bus stopped halfway in the middle of Compton. I had to walk to my girlfriend's house, which is another maybe half a mile, a mile away through neighborhoods. I never got jumped on. I, ne- I don't know nothing about that. And I would catch the bus back, walk back through the neighborhoods, catch the bus back. Never had a problem. Go to go to the park dances, and yes, they were gangbangers. It was they were even gangsters. They didn't call them gangsters. They were just neighborhood guys. They wouldn't work. Banging hadn't even come out yet. They was you know, I don't know what they called them. I forgot what they called them. But they were around, but they weren't aggressive. Okay, mm-hmm. they they didn't really mess with you. You know, they they dealt amongst themselves. They considered you a civilian. It's like being in the mafia. The mafia. If you're a civilian, I don't really mess with you. Okay, they only deal with other guys. And these guys, even these guys had rules. Mm-hmm. So uh, certain times, it, you, you very seldom ran across a situation where the gangsters would deal with civilians. I happened to get involved in one of those rare situations where as a gang, as a civilian, I got intertangled with some gangsters and caused me to, caused me to go move to Guardian High School. But even then, when I got to Guardian High School, because I came from Centennial, I had I came with a reputation not even earned because mm-hmm. I came from Centennial. People looked at me as being different, being possibly a, a little, little tougher. Connected. I, I, I rolled with it. Okay, it yeah. worked for me. So, yeah. all these factors are something that um, you you experience. My dad, my mom, and dad split up when I was a youngster, about fourteen. My dad lived in Gardena. My mom lived in, in lived in near Compton. And I was able to go back and forth to see the differences between the two cities. And even now, I'm very active in Compton, and I still see um, a lot of improvement. That's probably why I'm, I work there so hard to uh, make a change, because I've seen a different Compton. Compton, the, the world, no, by the time the world got introduced to Compton, Compton was based around gangbanging and, and drugs. Straight out but of I, Compton. I've seen it before, during, and after. And even now, I, I can tell you from from a from a, from a real person's perspective, it's a different city. Yeah, it's 
it's real sad man it's real sad you drive through compton and you see a lot of a lot of stuff you don't want to see it's not safe after nightfall and it could be a very it's such a beautiful like lemur park is one of the most beautiful that like whole neighborhood that center shopping center there there's like a vibe there it's just it's beautiful it really has like the this inner beauty that old theater over in lemur park has like right, right. this real beauty to it. It could really be something special, and it and it and it's gonna take some serious leadership to change it. And that's one of the reasons why I respect Cube so much is because you see a lot of these people come up so big, especially in rap and entertainment, and they really don't do anything. Like Jay Z doesn't do anything to bring bring anything back in, into the community. But you went, what you know, Cube is dedicated, and this is one of the reasons why I love Cube so much. Yeah, because ever, it's less about the music. Music is music. Everything sounds amazing. You, it's great music here. There's great music there. It's like, what does the artist represent? What are they doing outside of their music? And I think Cube should run for Congress, man. He should. Have Have you ever heard that? Uh, I'm going to give you some black folks top secret information here. You ever, ever heard that? Um, that the story of how certain artists when they get to a certain level they can't come back to the community and help yeah i've heard that before yeah now whether it's true or not i don't know but it sure seems like it could be definitely seems that, like it. that's the part it's the same thing with the um that big meeting they supposed to have had that nobody ever everybody knows about the story but nobody could nobody could ever say who was there but the meeting about gangster rap versus party rap okay mm -hmm. Whether that meeting happened or not, I wasn't invited, didn't go, don't know anybody who, who don't, don't know anybody that went to the meeting. And if they did, they ain't said they went to the meeting. Whether it is a myth or it is uh, truth, the fact is it's still in full effect. Same thing when it, when it comes to the myth about when you get to a certain level in NBA or movies or whatever, you can't come back to help the community or you lose your privileges or whatever. Whether it's true or not, don't know if it's true or not, but it sure seems like the effects of that is pretty much uh, relevant. Right. Like they get out the hood, but they don't want to come in and fix it. You know, and... I, I mean, you know, every once in a while, somebody will drop some money on something. Um, I've, I have this conversation with a lot of people. I work with a lot of nonprofits and I see other people get money to do things that I, I applied for. I can't get. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is. I have no idea. But some people seem to get more, a lot more funding for projects uh, than somebody. Somebody with my reputation and my credibility should be able to get a lot of. Should be able to get some money to continue my my uh, my work in the city without having to. Well, even after I jump through the hoops, get all the different numbers and all the different uh, codes, whatever you actually have to have to make something happen. But still, it's it's not happening. Meanwhile, somebody else who don't look like me can get pretty much what they need. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that. It just feels funny. It feels real funny. And I'll tell you something. So when I ran in District 37 for Congress, instantly Mark Ridley Thomas put me on a target list. I actually cut off Karen Bass from... Because Karen Bass was really going hard against Israel and Jews, and I just cut her off of all the Jewish money. I let all my friends know what she's up to and her voting record and... And it spread like wildfire through the Jewish community, and she lost hundreds of thousands of donor dollars in donations, for because Jews were just waking up saying, "Wow, this woman like doesn't represent our interests or our community." 
So Mark Ridley Thomas took like a huge interest in me. And I'll tell you, I went to one of his events. I have to say the best thing about Mark Ridley Thomas is his wife. He is such a lovely wife. She's a wonderful, amazing human being. But outside of that, this man has created a structure in L.A. I, it's, it's the 2080 rule. It's, he, takes, he makes sure that 80% of the people never make it up. And he takes 20% of the people, gives them some sort of upward momentum, and then stifles the rest. Mark Ridley Thomas and his gay son, Sebastian Ridley Thomas, these two have been in power forever. Maxine Waters has been there forever. Karen Bass has been there forever. These people, they didn't cause any... Ch now Karen Bass is mayor of L.A. And since these people came to power, things have only gotten worse. Karen Bass was, was leading this initiative in Washington, supposedly, about fatherless homes and, and, uh, and foster children in, in, in Compton. Bro, there's more foster kids today in Compton. There's more fatherless homes in Compton than there was when she started her initiative. So what credibility does she have to now go off and become mayor of L.A.? So you're right about that, that there is like this. I, I, I got a question then. What, um, what, what, uh, what gives, uh, what's, I forgot the guy's name, um, the, other, the, the billionaire, why, why would we want him to be the mayor? I'm just curious. Why would we want him to be the mayor? I oh, Caruso? Right? Yeah, Caruso. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think I, he I, was in on it. You want to know what I think? I think it was all a scam, to be honest with you. Caruso's like, everybody wants somebody business savvy. They all knew the fix was in for Karen Bass. I think there's more voter fraud in California and L.A. than anywhere else in the country. There's only the illusion of voting. And L.A. County is the most corrupt county in the entire United States of America. So Rick Caruso, my take on the whole situation, Rick Caruso, who barely ran a campaign, he's like, okay, I'm going to run as your opposition. I'm going to absorb all these angry, rich folks out in Beverly Hills who are really disturbed by the violence, the rise of violence and the rise of crime and, and homelessness and all this stuff. I'm going to give off this impression. Karen, you're going to win no matter what. And then when you're when you win, I'll come in and get the contracts and you'll pay me from the state so that I could build all these housing centers. So what was Karen Bass's first thing that she did when she came in? Government funded housing. Look at the dollar flow, man. Look where Caruso is. Is Caruso is Caruso better off financially or worse off financially than when he ran for Congress? When he ran for the city of LA. Did he, did he, I know he dropped quite a bit of his own money for the campaign, though, right? They said he dropped $100 million, but let me tell you, Lonzo, did you see $100 million worth of advertising? Um, I can't say I did, but again, he probably, most likely he was probably advertising in non, eh, not, not many non-black non -black areas. I'm not going to say, I can't see, I can see most of his money going to the Valley. I or, think it was all a scam, dude. In all fairness, I, I, it was all a scam. I, I think that Bass and Bass and Caruso were meeting privately. And it, that was the easiest play in the world. The easiest play in the world. A secret deal. So simple. Karen, I'm going to win. Caruso, you run a hard campaign on me. Make sure that no real challenger can get in the race. And I'll make sure that you have all the contracts. Caruso, like, bounced immediately. Literally on election night, he's like, oh, I lost. Before all the votes were even counted, he throws the towel in and admits defeat. 
I don't understand why that became a culture in America. Like, why yeah. is it like, why is it like at election, like literally elections end at 8 p.m. At 8.01, they call the race for governor. It's like, how do you do that? Like, how do you do that to the people who voted? Like, why don't we get to just sit there and wait for it? Like in California, they call the race for governor in one minute after the elections. But in the states where Trump was winning and then Biden surges in the middle of the night, 300,000 extra votes in the middle of the night, like those elections, that election took weeks to figure out. Why is it that one, uh, that in 18, the 1800s, they could, they could count all the ballots by hand in one night, but in 2020, it takes weeks to count elections, and then if, God forbid, you say that there's election fraud, you get canceled. I got kicked off of social media. Now Donald Trump is being indicted because he said that the election wasn't, was, 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 was fraudulent. Meanwhile, Hillary Clinton... Kamala Harris, all these people said 2016 that Trump stole it in 2016, but Trump's not allowed to say he stole it in 20. They, they stole it in 2020. Oh, I, you know what? <laughs> you feel me, though? You feel me? Like, though? I mean, when they knew in 16, 2016, that there was inter Russian interference in the election and because that they won, it was OK. It was all right. I mean, we knew something was wrong with that. It was kind of obvious, okay? It was kind of obvious. Yeah, but there was an invest. Honest to God, Lonzo. First of all, I was named in the Mueller investigation. There was a two-year. I was. There was a two-year investigation by 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 Mueller to see if there was election interference by Russia. And after two years, it was proven that there wasn't. And okay. I was one of the victims of that investigation. Not a major victim. I was only under the gun for about a week, week and a half, two weeks. But it was enough to get Ken Vogel, for the chief, chief strategist at Politico and the chief, former chief editor of the New York, New York Times, to call me on the phone and try to get me to spill the beans on whoever my friends were that they thought that I was connected to some, that I was going to leak some story. And they're still on this Russia hoax, man. And, and, if you, and, and it's crazy because the people on the other side, they really are in with Russia. The Hillary Clintons are, are, and all those people. Joe, Hunter Biden received $3.5 million from the mayor of Moscow's wife, and it doesn't even bother anybody. But they're willing to do two years' investigation into Trump. A few hundred million from... Uh... From somebody overseas as well, and uh, shit, money. These dudes pass around money like it's like like it's a joint in a damn party. What would happen um, to you? What would happen to you, Lonzo, if you received money like that internationally? You'd be in jail in ten seconds. First of all, first of all I think the fact that we even have people give it, being allowed to give money for elections should be illegal in the first damn place. Okay, that's nothing but bribery. I agree. Agree with that. How yeah. You, when you start giving money, people money, ain't no way in the world I'm going to give you money for your election and they ain't going to expect nothing out of it. That's bull, okay? I'm sorry. Completely. That ain't going to me. You Completely. give me hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars for my campaign. And then why, why should it be allowed Why should it be allowed for people outside the country to contribute to our campaign? That don't make no sense. Why are you allowed? Well, it's not allowed, but it happens through various have, different ways. But when you have, right, you have anonymous donors okay and corporations now have uh uh corporate corporations are now people considered people how right. is that 
You have you give corporations the same power as you give human beings. Come right. on, man, that, that ain't gonna never. We'll never have a fair anything remotely democratic when you operate like this. Okay? And that's why we need a revolution in this country. And that's why this type of a show with with you and I is so important because. It's about bringing people together on opposite ends of the spectrum who never would meet under normal circumstances. I mean, we have a mutual friend, thank God, who put us together, which really, you know, I, I'm very grateful for him. May he be blessed and live long. But it, it really is going to involve all of us coming together and saying enough of this greed. It's the people versus the elites. And and the people need to rally together. The people need to stand strong together like the roots of the trees. The people don't understand. For some, for, and I think that's why education system sucks to no end. Because the people really understood how politics work. One of the first things they stopped teaching in school was civics. Okay? Yeah. One of the first things they stopped teaching. They replaced teaching. civics with homosexuality. Everything in the school is hey, gay this, gay that. I don't remember that. that I, I didn't go to that class. But Well, you're older. That's what they're teaching now. They don't teach. Yeah. Okay. They didn't teach that. When we were growing up, they didn't. It, they wouldn't teach us about boys and girls, not long girls and girls and boys and boys. They, they had a problem teaching us. And, and girls can become boys now, and boys can become girls. It's crazy what they teach these young, fragile minds. These are, these are some of those points that you and I, although we're on different sides of the spectrum, we, we, we agree on that, okay? I'm trying to figure out if you can't make a baby, why you consider yourself a woman? That's a, that's a, you got to be able to make a baby. You have certain rules of biology have nothing to do with psychology and that's just my personal opinion and then to do with this show or anybody else but it just it just makes everything too convoluted to move forward if you say if you see somebody with a ponytail and you say hey how you doing ma'am i'm not a ma'am i'm a I'm, oh, come on come on I know. And in situations that I know. look what happened to the rules what happened to rules there's no rules and that's one of the things that some of us black folks have a problem with when it comes down to democratic problem and you know we clown on we clowned on the WNBA earlier but what's happening in women's sports is an absolute tragedy how these biological men are taking every trophy every scholarship you know what it's like in the inner cities right you got a girl who works her butt off and she's a track star let's just say and she you know she wants to get up and improve her life and she knows she could get a scholarship with track and then the scholarship ends up going to some a, a boy who identifies as a girl and then her life is over her, her entire plan on how to improve her life through track and field is and going to college and everything is now a now some white liberals dream you know that he's really a girl i saw a youtube interview with a senator, uh, I forgot his name from Texas, and he asked this lady, if Mike Tyson decided to identify as a woman, would it be fair for him to be in women's boxing? That was and Ted she, Cruz. I saw that. They tiptoed around that. They, I no, know they wouldn't. Answer the question. Can we get a yes or a no? Would that be okay? And if that was and the same thing we're talking about right now, we're talking about NBA, WNBA. If you have to make an if you have to make an exception, one of the things they're suggesting is they lower the lower the rim to give the women the opportunity to to uh, duck. And I, 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 that's cool. I got no problem with that. If you go get get some get some fast fast breaks and some slam dunks, it might it might improve the game. But again, that goes to show you there's a difference. Now, if you put a dress on a man and he's jumping through the roof, that's not fair to the other females. So, 
at one point in time, we we have to have some type of rules. And I think this is a straight, this is a direct result of growing up in the era where everything was fine. There was never no, you know, no scores kept for sports. Um, you know, your grades were it didn't keep it didn't keep grades. They just kind of you know you, you passed. Well, what, what was my GPA? I don't really you don't worry about the GPA till you get to college. Come on, how do I know how well I'm doing? So it's really difficult for um, for folks to adjust, especially when you come from my generation. And like I said, we, we I come from a generation where if you did something wrong, you got you got yelled at, or you got you got a SWAT at school. You got yelled at or got a SWAT, but we didn't have uh, school shootings either. So made a little bit of a difference. Yeah. I'd rather have a SWAT in the schools than a than SWAT having to come into schools to remove a school shooter. Come on, and it just it, it, thank you I, I, again. Here we go, two different spectrums of the, of of, of the uh, pendulum, but we can see eye to eye on this. Okay, you're telling me it makes more sense to have teachers with guns or armed guards on school as opposed to give out a couple of SWATs to a couple of kids out of out of line. You know, you'd rather give these kids a prescription. To mummify them while they're in class, because uh, they quick to give you a, um, a prescription. I met my son. I have a young. I had a young son. I have a young son, and he was going to school. He was a little hyper, and uh, they prescribed him Ritalin. Oh, one of those drugs. I came. It didn't stay no time in my house, and he had a real bad habit of keeping his room real nasty. I mean, this is a true story. Uh, room was just filthy all the time. Man, clean your room. Up. Clean your room up, and. They gave my wife took him to the doctor. They gave him this prescription for Ritalin, and uh, he and I were home one day. And he came in my room. I was watching television. Dad, come look at my room. Come look at my room. I walked in his room. His room was spotless, hmm. absolutely spotless. He, he sat on the floor and he just smiled at me with this real, real demonic smile. Doesn't look good, Dad. This is no lie. This doesn't look good, Dad. I said, Yeah, it looks real good, man. Thank you. Good job. Good job. So I went back and he was watching television. I went back and laid down. He walked. He walked to my room. He he shook me a little bit. Dad, I see you. What's up, man? Uh, I think I feel like killing myself. Oh hell no! This is honestly wow. God true story. Oh hell no! Where wow. is that stuff at? You got to go. So my, my one of my philosophies is one of my theories is if a drug will give you the thoughts of suicide, why wouldn't it give you the thoughts of homicide? Exactly. Saying, if a drug would give you, and they tell you in the commercials, and that's what you, they say. These kids who do the school shooting, they're all up on these SSRIs. The, they're all up on these SSRIs. But you'd and, rather justify that and give more people more. Give and some done. of them, I actually just found out this weekend that some of them are so addictive. I have a family member who confided over the weekend that that they actually were on one of these antidepressants, and getting off of them was damn near impossible. He said. I can see that. You know, so it's not even just like they're giving suicidal thoughts to kids. They're also addicting. And, you know, imagine being addicted to uh, one of these drugs that give you very dark thoughts. And it's no wonder why these kids get guns illegally, by the way, and go shoot up a school. It's sad. It's horrible. We never had school shootings at school. And then they want to say that the guns are the problem and we need to ban guns. It's like, ban look at the drugs. The drugs are the problem. The legal drugs are the problem. It's a bad combination. It's a okay. horrible combination. Drug, 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 
Psychotropic drug use and guns are a bad combination. Well, I, I want to get ahead. your I want to get your take on the uh, the COVID vaccines and uh, everything surrounding COVID. Did, what what's your whole what's your whole feel on the on vaccine culture? I didn't do it. Praise God, man! Praise God. I didn't do it. My my, we had a serious. I had to fight a lot of resistance, dude. Um, I'm 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 one of the senior members of my family, and I, I have young kids. Dad, you're old. You need to. It's you're susceptible. I said, you know what? I work out. I, I work out pretty well. I eat pretty good. I'm gonna take my chances. I, I had it. I had it. I had it when it first came out, and I got sick, and I was down for about a week, and I. It, it um it didn't it didn't hit me that hard it hit me my buddy it hit him very hard i got it from him i believe i got it from him i, I can't say for sure but he called me and uh, i'd go by and visit him in the morning he was man don't come by here whatever i got i'm 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 currently making my uh making m- making my arrangements right now in case i die but i think i'm gonna die i'm like what and i didn't go by and see him for about a week and i finally took the uh, pass by to go see him shortly after that i got sick but mm. I didn't get as sick as he did. I didn't have to go to the hospital and have any lung situations. I took a few days off. I, I take vitamins every day. I work out on a regular basis. Um, I just felt my immune system is, is pretty strong. Uh, I get, I'm, I'm, I don't want to say I'm a conspiracy theorist, but I'm a conspiracy theorist. And I get very, I was very concerned that all the media, except for one side, everybody was pushing this thing and making you feel guilty for not doing it. And I just can't, I can't be guilty into doing something I don't feel comfortable with. Exactly. I've never, I was, it makes me I, not I, want to do it even more. Exactly. I was never, I, I resisted the peer pressure of becoming a gangbanger. I was, I was surrounded by that. And I would be, you a punk, you, no, I'm not going to do that, man. It, I don't see the benefit. Hmm. And I understand that um, there was supposed to be some benefits to taking the, uh, the jab, but I also see a, a lot of people had a lot of problems after the fact. And I've talked to people who've had strokes and had other blood clot issues. Wow. Um, and one thing they all had in common, they had that. And they, they all have healing. I just read a statistic that in 2022, 92% of all uh, COVID deaths were triple vaccinated. Mm. Right. I, it, 92% of the people who died from COVID had three shots. Wow. So the question is, is what really killed them? Did they get COVID or did they get vaccine? You know, what was it? We don't know. It was like such super space age technology to begin with that, you know, like a guy like you and me isn't going to be able to sit down in a laboratory and break it down and know exactly what's in it unless some scientist tell, does it for us. You know, like we don't have these the infrastructure, but there's just a well, lot. There's a lot. You could go down that rabbit hole pretty deeply. They, they, people always say, well, you took, you took a measles vaccine when you were a kid and you didn't know what was in that vaccine either. Well, you know what? Two things, a few things have changed since then. When I was a kid, it was a different meta, it was a different medical system and a different, uh, pharmaceutical industry. Yeah. It wasn't focused on profit. It, they always wanted to make money, but back then they were, they, they were more after a cure as opposed to giving you a pat, uh, uh, something to keep you pacified. And measles and mumps, you know, who, what was the last time you saw a kid with measles, mumps, or polio? Never. What was the last time you saw anybody had Never. measles, mumps, or polio? Okay? Never. They also, just did, they also just did this study 
on the Amish in Congress. This ah. just happened. Like, did you see this? No, I didn't. It was like three weeks ago, and they found that in con uh, they that in the Amish community, there's not one single case of autism in the entire community. They've never had a case of autism ever, not even one. So the congressional hearing, they asked what what caused this, and the common answer was they don't believe in vaccines. So my my thought, I've always felt this way. I've been like an anti-vaxxer for a very long time, is that vaccines cause autism. You know, there's so many things inside of vaccines, like formaldehyde. They use aborted fetal tissue. There's so much in vaccines that are not just the vaccine. Not everybody's body works the same as everyone else's. There's no blanket thing. Some people, I think it causes autism. Some people are able to skate through it. But, you know, like like I said, you know, there's no polio today. I don't know why. Why do they inject the baby? There's 79 injections in a child's in a, in the child's schedule for vaccines right now. 79 vaccines in a child's wow. vaccine schedule. Why? Do, uh, let me ask you this. Why does a child need to be to take an HPV vaccine? I have no idea. Are they having sex? No. So why give them a vaccine for HPV? I have no idea. It's crazy. I don't, I don't understand it. Um, I've heard of it. I've seen it, but it makes no sense to me whatsoever. What's your take on uh, the whole Jamie Foxx, uh, Bronnie James situation? You got any inside scoop for us on what actually took place? Nah, nah I just uh, hope Brody can um, get back on the court and get get back to his uh, game again without having to worry about that. Uh, they say he's never going to play again. Whoa, I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. hear that. Wow. There they goes said LeBron. he's done. He's that's lucky good. to be alive. That's, there goes LeBron's dream of playing with his son. And, Jay, and uh, yeah, exactly. And... Um, Jamie Foxx is another sad story, man. That man, broke I don't, my heart. That was one of the most unique situations I've ever seen in my life. Because that man was down for about, what, about 90 days, and you could barely get a word out of anybody. Whoever whoever has surrounded him, if I ever get into a situation that popular, I want that same kind of team around me. Because you couldn't find out anything. These so we at we got information from his doctor. He actually had, um, he had, um, uh, uh, what's his name from the wellness center? The, the, um, uh, oh my God, I'm drawing a blank. One of the doctors that comes on our show quite frequently, uh, was his doctor and, um, Dr. Peter McCullough. And he, he, they said he was, he was triple shot, he, that he took the vaccine and the boosters. Mm. I can see that because Hollywood made you do that. Yeah. And what was so crazy, did you see the movie that it was about? Yeah. yeah. Bro, yeah. that is spooky they, that he got, he got it on, what was it called, Tyrone? Or I saw the movie. Uh, they, cl they cloned they Tyrone. They cloned Tyrone. Dude. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the that writing was, was on the walls. Man, that was really interesting. I, I I looked at the movie. I'm like, I thought he was sick. I guess they made it. Of course, they made it before he got he sick. He got sick in the movie. They made him take a booster shot in the movie, and supposedly he didn't want to take it. And he ended up, like, they said they weren't going to be able to go ahead with him unless he took it. He took it, and he was done. Mm. 
But I saw the pictures of him when he got out of the hospital, and I'm telling you, Jamie Foxx looked like he was one of the best-looking human beings on the earth. The man was built like a tank. Perfect body, perfect physique ever. This guy that came out of the hospital looked like death. He was so he scrawny and pale. Well, you know what? Um, that could happen if you're in the hospital for that long, no sunlight, no activity. You definitely will lose some weight. I'm, I, let's see how he looks in the next 60 days. But see, that's the type of stuff, not to not to jump on Cube again, but that's the type of stuff that makes me love someone like Ice Cube because yeah, yeah. it's like he's not afraid. Like, you got to be like, like, where's James Braun? Uh, LeBron James. LeBron James should be there. They killed my son. They took away my son's dream. LeBron James should come to our side and start advocating. He's not saying shit about the vaccines. Jamie nah. Foxx isn't saying shit about the vaccines. These are people who should be outspoken because they could warn people from taking boosters. They could warn people from getting injured themselves, but they, well, they you, haven't yet. You know, um, when you just experienced something like what Cap, 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 uh, Colin Kaepernick did by taking a knee for police injustice and your whole career gets ruined and your message gets redirected against the flag. It was never against the flag. It was against police injustice. I thought that thing was so stupid. Honest to God, it was like so dumb. That It was like, who cares? The only reason why it became a big deal is because President Trump made it a big deal. Exactly. And he he, he took it and they, they, re, they redirected the narrative, turned it into against the, against yeah. the flag. Dude. And the then man. you had every white person feeling like it's their obligation to take a knee before the sports games in solidarity with the black community. It was the gayest shit I ever saw in my life. And Donald Trump made it happen. Like, if he just ignored it and didn't say anything, none of it would have happened. Colin Kaepernick would have taken his knee and that would have been it. And it would have been a different story. But the only reason why everybody felt that they need to take a knee at the Olympics and take a knee at the Super Bowl and at the championship and everybody needs to take a knee was only because Donald Trump said that it was wrong for him to do that. Just shut up and let people be. He He's allowed to protest. It's the First Amendment. I don't agree with it, but okay. Donald Trump made it a much bigger deal than it actually was. It's the same thing happened with NWA when the FBI sent them their letter. The exact same thing when they did after police and the FBI sent them a letter, they took that letter and turned it into a... Um, and to a uh, press conference and made the record go platinum. Exactly. Exactly. If when you when you acknowledge something, you give it you give it more credence. And once exactly. you give it, people get curious. Uh, one of the biggest things happened back in the eighties when when uh, when Disney went up to Luke Skywalker and uh, two live crew about that. Right? Nobody had heard. They were a small. They were really a small group that was really some underground local stuff. But when Disney came after them and sued them and then they won oh my god that changed hip-hop forever and you put them on the map like nobody else i gotta go find some real loser asshole to piss off so i could get famous myself who <laughs> <laughs> should i take a shot at man i i took a shot at Charlemagne the god today let's see if he responds eh, i don't know um he's a washed up fool anyway how tall is he? Like five foot three? He's like the smallest guy in the black community. He's not that tall. He, he his basketball game is short. It's limited. Um, 
I'm supposed to be defending him because he's black. You know that, right? I'm supposed you to be don't got to defend anybody. Listen, I take shots at George Soros and all these loser Jews like Bibi Netanyahu all the time. Like, just because you're the same blood and genes as me doesn't mean you're right. Well, you know what? I I, uh, I watched this show what was it, the other day, and somebody who did he have on this show? And oh, it was um ah oh, damn it ah. Uh, Damn it, uh, one of them thug cats. I mean, he had him in the back of the seat. Just, just uh, what's his name? Uh, Sticky Fingers. Sticky Fingers was on the show with him the other day. And Sticky Fingers had him pretty much terrified. Okay? We, Sticky Fingers was had Charlemagne the God terrified. Charlemagne the... the Look it up. Charlemagne Look it up. The, I won't call him Charlemagne the God. He doesn't deserve that title. That's, that's you know, that's a big... That's a big... Um, that's a big title. I knew a guy one name called himself um, Jesus Sweets, which in some terms could be in the Mexican community is called Jesus Sweets. Okay, Jesus, Sweet Jesus. And people would not call him that. His name was Jose Jesus. Okay, but right. because he added the sweet to it, people didn't like that because Sweet Jesus is a black gospel term. Jesus is sweet, blah, 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 blah. And some people would not call him that. They called him Jesus or Mr. Sweet. But, you know, so when you add Charlemagne the God to your name, that puts a big target on your back. And I forgot From why God. He, From God. I, I forgot why he why he named himself that, but I've always been curious about that. Such That's ego. The, Brazen yeah. ego, you know. Yeah. I've never understood Whatever. That. I'm the guy who's wa- situation. He's a wash-up. He lost all his credibility. I used to love, honestly, he, it was the hottest show. It was the hottest black show where they talked about real issues. And then he just cucked to Biden and it was done. But he's done other shows since then to regain his credibility with a lot of folks. Uh, is, uh, you, know, you, you know, there's like sometimes there's like one moment in time that like weighs... In the scales, like this one moment weighs so much more than these other moments. And it wasn't that I was like, it, it just, it just showed me the level of, of fake, sellout. I don't know. Well, you know it was what? Just it's, a bad moment for me. I, I, I don't. We touched on it earlier. We talked know. about why we don't get a lot of response from artists and uh, athletes. When you get to a certain level of money, man, you just can't. Your conscience is not your own. Right. You know, we can sit here and talk. I don't know about you. I work for myself. Okay. I work for myself. So I don't have a platform. My platform is Lonzo sponsored. So I don't have a sponsor to answer to. So if I if I say something somebody don't like, I try not to offend anybody. I speak my mind. But I try to and do I it think, the I agree with you. And I think that's one of the reasons why everybody hated Trump so much was because he wasn't beholden to anybody, like you said. In the beginning, you were talking about corporations giving millions of dollars to candidates. He didn't have any of that. Right. And then, then all of a sudden, everything changed. So when you, when you, and that's one thing about Cube. Cube is his own man. You know, he pretty much got his own thing started. He's not beholden to anybody. He's not on priority records no more. Um, he still can't get his Friday movies done for whatever reason. Uh, he has a three-on-three. He's, he's touring everywhere. He's, he stays You're on telling tour. me he's trying to make another Friday? He, the rumor had it he was trying to make another Friday. Oh, my God. I would love another Friday. I would, too. 
I saw a post the other day. They had it's Chris Friday, Tucker. Craig. Yeah. Relax your mind, Craig. He can't get Chris Tucker to come back because Chris Tucker is a born again Christian, so uh, he don't uh, want to. He don't want to surprise that uh, that uh, the part of uh, Smokey. He felt that right. people started smoking weed after he uh, did Smokey. Which maybe I think he is, should cast him as a born again Christian, so Smokey maybe, becomes like a mace. Maybe, Remember how Mace became yeah, a pastor? Smokey yeah. could be recast, and and I and he could be that would be hilarious. That would Smokey be so take, funny. He could take. He could actually take Bernie Max place. Yo, you should tell Cube that. You should tell take Cube. To, to, okay. Exactly. Exactly. Let's pivot because we're running out of time here. I want to get your take on 2024. What's your candidate? Who are you going for? Man, look. Um, Anybody speaking to you? I don't know. Um, we talked about. What do you think about too. Bobby Kennedy Jr.? I don't think about him at all. <laughs> I don't. Okay. Uh, I don't know, Doc. It, I'd have to get a little further down the line to make it real. A real. It looks uh, dark, doesn't it? Look dark, man. You know. Um, it. You don't. You, you. You don't really know who. I don't see anybody coming up to make anything. You know, you you got guys like DeSantis want to re- rewrite history. You got um, Trump got multiple multiple indictments. You got uh, Biden as old as old as hell and, and corrupt. You know, that's and something perverted. I think, man. I, I think at some point in time, some folks need to go sit down, include Maxine Waters. I'm sorry. Nope. I, I do believe at some point in time, folks need to go sit down. It's, you, 90 year old and uh, Barbara Feinstein can barely function. Come on, man. Come on. I understand y'all are joining the party, but you're going to look up and, you know, they're going to appoint somebody uh, to, to fill your seat, and it's just going to be a bunch of confusion. So, so it's I'm fair sure. to say you support term limits. I was, oh, man, come on. In, in the Senate? Come on. Yes, definitely. 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 I'm sorry. Term limits, Senate and Congress. Uh, why is it the president only? I'm, I'm, I'm glad the president only gets four, two terms, but why should somebody else be a lifelong senator? That means nothing really gets changed. That's why we don't have any progress. You, the people that make the decisions are been been in there since from, since the since the sixties. Biden has been a right. Biden has been a, a Biden and um, Mitch McConnell has been in the office for God knows how long. I mean, this guy just the other day buffered like a like a YouTube channel just sit there and look at the camera. I saw seconds. that. My God. And this is the leader of the Senate. Okay. Buffering. Okay. Come on, man. Buffering. At some point, time, man, go sit down. You got enough money. Go sit and down. And what are the what of our what do our enemies think when they see that? That we're when they see uh, the enemies of America. They see people who want to kill us because we're American. They don't see you as being black. They don't see me as being Jewish. They just see us being American. They want to kill us. They see a leader, uh, a president of the United States who can't, li- cannot put a sentence together. And then Mitch McConnell, the leader of the Senate, staring off into the cameras. Mitch, are you okay? Mitch, are you okay? Staring off into the cameras. 22 seconds. If you, if you, if I did at, at what well, the cops stopped me, they shoot me. If I didn't respond for twenty two seconds, he snatched me out the car. If I just stood at, at, at behind the wheel of my car for twenty two seconds and the pol- and, and talking and the police had stopped me, they'd have snatched me out the car. Wow. Come on. Think about that. Ain't no that I mean that was just 
that was a glitch of life. This, this dude's hands was blue doing it. His hands had turned blue at one time. Yeah. Doctor, that? can we get a doctor in here? His hands turned blue. Okay. So when you see these type of symptoms, I think it's about time for folks to start considering retirement. I mean, I'm not, I'm not an ageist, but they need to take some kind of physical exam to make cot, a continence, what's the cot, um, a continence, um, ah, continuity exam, whatever, so, that, so they can make sure that they still have all their faculties in order. Okay. Agreed. You, you're responsible for the welfare of this, of this country. And yeah. if you don't have your faculties in order, you might be going to make some bad decisions, man. And totally. a lot of decisions are made on old, on old mindsets. And that's, that's, that's not good. Not at all. That's you know, good. there's so much more than we all agree on than we think we do. People, and there's no coincidence that red versus blue, they're like such diametrically opposed colors. Like, you know, red pops like red and blue pops like blue. And the two, it's like orange and red kind of look similar. Blue and green, blue and purple kind of look similar. But blue and red, they are, you're either on that side or you're on that side. Same with Crips and Bloods, blue and red. Those two colors are so far apart on the spectrum, they can never be confused with each other. So if you sell the story of blue and red, you could divide people on blue and red. And I'll tell you something, you and I, this isn't a blue and red conversation. This is basic common sense. I don't care what party you belong to. I don't care what you believe. The majority of Americans feel the same way about all these issues. Like I said, it's not about blue and red anymore. It's about the people versus the elites. And that's where we're at right now in America. It's, the, it's, it's not the haves and the have-nots. It's the people versus the ones who believe that they're above the people. And... and at our network, we call it the Uniparty. It's both Republican and Democrat. They're unified, the Uniparty. They're one group. They pretend to be against each other, but they're the secret doors. They're all going to each other's houses for dinner parties at our expense. So the real change is going to happen when people like you and me put down our affiliation. Look, I voted for Obama in 2008. I voted for Romney in 2012. I voted for Trump in 2016. I voted for Trump again in 2020. I will not vote for Trump again in 2024. I can't see myself. I would rather, I don't see myself voting in 2024 rather than voting for Trump. And, it's, and, and my reasoning for Trump is not because of the shit Trump says or anything. I think he's controlled opposition. I said on my show many times, you know, and, and our network is very pro-Trump. So, but there's also a lot of people on our network who criticize Trump. I cannot get over the fact of the vaccine rollout and the shutdown of the COVID. For me, the biggest mistake on COVID, it put the own, all they had to do was suspend mortgages. If they just suspended mortgages in the company, country, the banks get all the money for free anyway. But if they just suspended the mortgages, the rents could have been free. The businesses didn't have to close. Nothing. The government didn't have to write $4 trillion out of our money to us, which ended up going to corporations anyway. It was such a fever. It was, for anybody who doesn't believe that COVID was a conspiracy, there was so many more logical, simple solutions to really help the country during COVID. All of them were overlooked. Treatment wasn't an option. The only option was the vaccine. And Trump was responsible for Operation Warp Speed. That's how I can never trust him again. So, 
You know, 2024, I don't think I'm voting. I'm either voting Robert Kennedy Jr. I love Robert Kennedy Jr. This guy's amazing. He's like, he's out there with his, he's taking uh, selfie videos, like the vertical way, you know, like not even horizontal, the vertical way, walking through the homeless streets of San Francisco where people are injecting their needles into his arms saying, this is what's happening in urban cities across America. He, and he's doing it by himself with a, on a selfie video. That's leadership. Trump would never do that. DeSantis or Pence or any of these others would, losers would never do that. Biden would never. Biden doesn't even know where he is. I would encourage you to look at Bobby Kennedy Jr. Plus, he's a Democrat. I'll take a look at him. I, I think he can make a difference. Plus, he's, he's the only one who's anti-vaccine. Okay. I'll take a look at him. I surely will. Yeah. So I get passionate about this. And Lonzo, I got to tell you, for being a cultural icon the way that you are and having the impact that you have culturally in hip hop and in entertainment, to hear you say the things that you say politically, it really it really shows me that I'm right, that most of us in America, despite where you fit in the spectrum of where everybody thinks you're supposed to fit. We all believe in mostly the same things. That's why we're Americans. That's why we could be a united countries because we believe in good stuff like education for children and the, 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 the trannies shouldn't be allowed in the women's bathrooms and just basic stuff, common sense, you know, like common sense. I want to thank you too for your opinions. You, it's important that people speak out and that they're vocal about what they believe and you're not afraid you're not afraid to speak either and 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 that's something I, I i truly respect about you i want to thank you for sharing your ideas and your opinions with us on the show today not a problem thanks for the opportunity we're gonna have you back is it give a give my audience a, a closing message before you before we wrap this up say share with us some wisdom i heard something one time uh, it was in a movie, and I, I keep it in my uh, repertoire for this very occasion. And it says simply, lead, follow, or get out of the way. That's all. Lead, follow, or get out of the way. That's it. Brilliantly said. On that note, I'm going to wrap up our segment. I want to thank our guest, Alonzo Williams. You can find him at Real Lonzo NWA across all the platforms. Check him out. Check out everything he does. This guy's a legend in hip hop. So thank you all to our viewer audience. You guys are the best. You make this happen. I do want to give a plug really quick to InfoWarsStore.com. Click this link right here. I'm still getting the right there. Click this link. Go to InfoWarsStore. Buy something. Make a donation. Keep us on the air. We're doing really big things. We got a lot of people coming on this on the show in the up and coming weeks, like Lonzo and like others, and uh, and that's what it takes to keep us on the air, so that we don't have to answer to big corporations. There's no media giant telling us what we can and cannot say. Infowars is a bastion of free speech, and it's thanks to you, the viewer audience, why we're allowed to continue to say whatever we want about whatever subject we want. We have no rules. This is really the essence of free speech in America, and that's why you got to go to InfoWarsStore.com and buy something. Again, I want to thank right. our guest, Lonzo Williams. Take care, everybody. Stay classy. Peace.